right, day 121. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it, to look at it and see primarily ourselves. All right, so remember, last time we talked about this third way, right? Um, We talked about the fact that maybe there aren't only two ways of looking at the things that has been presented as the dominant narrative throughout the book, right? So on one side, you had Job who was saying, yo, I'm innocent. Therefore, God is unjust. He's acting unjustly to me and in the world. Or the friends who say, no, you probably sin, right? There was a third way. And this young cat who we've been talking about, Elihu, he hints at this and he continues to move toward this direction as he finally comes finally comes towards the end of his speech however as we said before he still seemed to have fallen into a bit of retributive theology right so um, also although he was closer than the others he was still far from the truth right and so in Job 37 he comes out the gate and he starts to speak you know analogically right he speaks an analogy of God himself as he compares his coming his voice and his presence to that of a thunderstorm right and so the comparisons build up they build up they build up into verse 5 where he says yo God thunders wondrously with his voice he does great things that we cannot comprehend and this is the stuff yeah we talked about last time god works mysteriously and he just is so incomprehensible in such a way that we don't know everything there is to know about him and if we try to exhaust him we would be exhausted and it would take all of eternity right and so he concludes his description of the thunderstorm um and he introduced yeah more and more observations about the natural world with comments on the power and mysterious ways of the creator. And so as he finally comes to a close, he asks Job some rhetorical questions. You know, do you know how God directs his clouds, right? Or makes the lightning flash? Do you understand how the clouds float? Those wonderful works of him who has perfect knowledge. Can you help God spread out the skies as hard as a cast metal mirror? He asked Job to consider these questions. The goal being that if Job really contemplated the wondrous works of God, it would ironically give him insight into the God who is mysterious yet orchestrates the universe. And so what Elihu is going to do here, he is setting us up for chapter 38. Chapter 38 is the climax and we're going to dig deep into it, but he's setting us up for it. And, you know, this He's trying to say, like, this is the God who we serve, the almighty, the exalted, the one who is in power. And he sets the stage miraculously for 38. So in 38, we reach the climax of the book. And so the book has been building up, building up, building up this entire time until God actually shows up. And this is what we see. We see God ask rhetorical question after rhetorical question all of which Job must answer with a resounding no, right? It's a divine interrogation, right, if you will. So what really, what's really interesting is that God, in a way, doesn't, initially at least, doesn't really answer the questions Bildad, Eliphaz, Zophar, Elihu, Job, and us that we all have. And somehow, he still gets his point across, right? And so when he comes to Job, this is what he says. He says, yo, Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. In other words, were you there at the creation of all that exists? 
Did you have front row seats? Nah, <laughs> right? I love it because, you know, from there, he goes on to talk about creatures, uh, the sea, the ordering of time, morning, night, evening, and sh sunshine. Then I love where he goes next. He says, yo, have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the gates of deep darkness? So God goes to the unseen realm, the underworld, the place where mere mortals like you and I can't pass through, right? We don't have the ability to experience. And what is he saying? The Lord is the Lord of all realms. He sees it from all angles. God goes on and on and on. Every realm of existence is in his purview. Job, you can't see none of that, my G. You don't have that kind of insight. And what the text is trying to show us is that Job, although a very moral man, mora listen, morality does not mean wisdom. You can be good. You can do what is right. But that does not mean you are wise. And so God is going on and on and on. And I love what he does in 39. Right. He comes and he's still not done. He speaks of the mountain goats. Uh, you know, he speaks of wild donkeys, oxen, horses, hawks, all of spe like specific animals that all he has created. And he asked Job to like account for them. Tell me how they work. And now this is amazing because this is a time where there wasn't as much scientific inquiry and cameras and video and et cetera, right? So these animals were just as complex as they are now, but they weren't as scrutinized. So in other words, this fortifies God's point all the more. You don't have that kind of insight. Even us now, with the beauty of technology and science, we still don't fully understand how all of these things work. And Yahweh is saying, I have designed all of this. And in actuality, I keep it all functioning at the same time. <laughs> how, mag how magnificent is God? And this is once again a lesson to us. And I'm not beating up a man, Job. And I don't think, see God here as doing it. He's just trying to change, again, Job's perspective. This, once again, is a lesson to us just as much as it is to him, right? A better view of the world comes from a bigger view of God. That's what God's trying to say. He's saying, yo, a better view of everything you see, feel, and experience comes from a bigger view of me, right? The best perspective on life is the perspective, is, is to take the perspective of the one who's created life, right? The best perspective on life is to, as best we can, take his perspective on life. That's what God is trying to say. And it's like, wow, as you go through and you read all of it, you're like, man, God does all of this at once. Like he didn't just create the universe. He upholds the universe. And I just can't help but think about Jesus because the Bible will say that about him. He wasn't just God's agent of creation. He is God's agent of sustaining everything that is. And I think, as Elihu mentioned, and as the text mentions, these are the things we need to contemplate. These are the things we need to meditate on. That God is keeping everything going at once.
chapter 40 comes and Job basically he comes with the uh you know God comes with the first of his last you know responses to Job or Job comes with the first of his last responses um to God excuse me um and he says yo I'm insignificant <laughs> right verse 4 he's like yo I'm insignificant right and then on top of that Ain't much I can really say to that guy. So silence. He's silent. And God moves. Now, after all that's been said, he he directly addresses Job's erratic words that we have as readers, the knowledge and uh, perspective of seeing. And he says this. He says, yo, would you really challenge my justice? Verse 8 of chapter 40. Would you really, would you declare me guilty? To justify yourself. So in other words, in light of everything you've said, Job, this is God. You sought to declare your own innocence at the expense of my own nature and character. What a mistake. Then God comes with more heat. He says, yo, verse 10, he says, yo, if you really like that, guess what? Adorn yourself with majesty and splendor. Clothe yourself with honor and glory. Pour out your raging anger. And then I want you to do this. Look on every proud person and humiliate him. Look on every proud person and humble him. Trample the wicked where they stand. Hide them together in the dust. Imprison them in the grave. Then I will confess to you that your own right hand can deliver you. Brilliant. What God does is this. What he brings out here is that Job is one who wants justice and continually insinuated that God was apathetic and uninvolved in administering justice throughout the world. So what he does is he calls Job to do it. Yo, yo, yo. If you want to play God, do it. Right. Enforce laws and punish all wicked people in all places in all times. Then and only then would I, as God, take off the mantle of deity and hand it to you. Obviously. Job cannot. And what the text is saying is none of us can. All of us, especially in a time like this, all of us who care about injustice, we can't even hear and read of all of the injustices injustices in the world without being overwhelmed, (laughs) let alone mediate and punish, right? Let alone mediate mediate, uh, injustices and punish people who've been guilty. And so what the text does, it leaves us with this impression. There are a ton of things. Hear this. There are a ton of things that merit our questions in this life. But the Lord's justice and power don't qualify as such. Right. That's what God is trying to say. There are a ton of things that merit our questions in this life. But the Lord's justice and power don't qualify as such. In light of everything he has done and in light of everything he is doing, it is not proper to do that. And I'm not saying what I'm not saying is that if you're struggling or or if you're uh, if you have those questions that you're sinning, I'm just saying the, the evidence is overwhelming. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. God will and is enacting justice right now. As I speak, as I speak, now, the question is whether we, in light of everything we know about the Bible, about 
the world and about our own depravity and sinfulness. The question is whether we will be on the right side of his justice. That's the question. But the beauty is we can be on the right side of his justice. And that's because of his precious son, Jesus, right? Who took more justice than we will wish on our worst enemies. He took the wrath of God. Why? So that we could be forgiven, reconciled, adopted, and granted eternal life. The gospel changes everything. <laughs> the gospel changes everything, especially how we view justice and who God is. Let me pray. Father, we pray today that as we look out into the world, we will remember that a better view of the world comes from a bigger view of God. Orient our perspective, tilt our minds and our hearts, bend them towards you as we study your world. Help us to study your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.